Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Priceline. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition. Now, before we get started, every, I wanted to thank everybody who's been listening to the episode on Sarah Zanmai. I get to do this chronologically because I've been lazy. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to let everybody, I want, also wanted to thank everybody who's been listening to the last Sunday edition on Assets, which... I, a lot of you have listened to the last Sunday edition on Assets in a way that... Am I missing something? Did I make some sort of internet joke? Did I say ass into the into the internet and just like it reverberated rewards somehow? Because that would be that would be real good. Um, but this week I want to talk about well, I'm going to call it avoidance. I don't want to call it procrastination because procrastinating, watching something or reading something is a very different thing. It comes from a very different place but that will also be part of this conversation because i think it like links up together nicely with this stuff um i want to talk about avoiding watching series now i the example i want to use for for this is quote-unquote disaster shows or and actually i'm gonna call first thing i'm gonna talk about is a get is a game um i'm gonna call it a not great Japanese game series called Disaster Report, and they're currently on Disaster Report Four, that I think just dropped on that I think dropped on Switch at some point pretty recently. You can go find it on the Switch eShop. But I, I went and I'm like, this is weird. What is this? And it is a not super great looking look at. Like, an office lady surviving a massive earthquake in Japan. And I just... I just... I don't... I don't want to do that, right? Like, that's not a thing I want to take part in right now. Like, I don't want to, like, be in disaster... Like, be playing a game about disaster during a disaster. And so, naturally, I avoided that. And I... I didn't feel bad about that because I looked at the game and like, this doesn't look real good also. But there's a new series on Netflix right now called Japan Sinks. And there have been, like, there have been a bunch of shows about some form of natural disaster in Japan or some form of, like, like attack, whether it's natural or unnatural in Japan. And um, when I was talking about Sarah Zanmai in um, the set in the third day episode, I touched on Kunihiko Ikohara in general, and I talked a lot about Penguin Drum, which I don't think I've done an episode on this particular podcast about Penguin Drum, but I probably will at some point. But Penguin Drum does a really amazing thing in that it, like, 
it slightly contextualizes, gives background to, fake background certainly, not real background, to the Om Shinrikyo, to like two perpetrators of the Om Shinrikyo subway attack, which are horrifying things. Like, you can go look up footage or listen to the um, last podcast on the left, like three-parter on Om Shinrikyo to get more info about that, but it's a horrifying thing. Um, my friend Kie, hi Kie, um, remembers those things in the way that I remember 9-11, um, which was interesting when I had to explain why One World Trade makes me very uncomfortable to her. And she was like, why? Why are you weird now? Like, why did we get within a block of the thing and it makes you just, like, ball up and want to cry? I'm like, because... This happened when I was in middle school. I haven't been down here yet. I do not enjoy it. But, and many people in the tri-state area around in New York and in the greater New York area have those same feelings, like going to One World Trade, going to the site of the former World Trade Center. It's like not a great feel. It's like not, it is, it, it will be, forever recent for the people who saw the news footage and the kids who were sent home and pulled out of class until they put us in the ground. It just freaking will. And that is like, people specifically my age are like the cutoff of the age who will remember that in a real hard, like, crystalline way. Everybody younger than me is kind of like, off the hook a little bit. Does that make any sense? But, anyway, so, and that created a bunch of, that 9-11 and um, created a bunch of media that just like, have, have no desire to go see, like incredibly loud and, and, and incredibly close. Do not want to see that movie. Um, there's a bunch of movies that just, don't need to go see. I'm happy avoiding for that reason. And what Penguin Drum did really well is it made the horror of the sarin gat of the subway gassings in Tokyo sneak up on you. So before you had a chance to be like, nope, it was like you were all what you were already there. It also, and this is a key way to deal with these things without setting off a bunch of alarm and like triggering a bunch of people is you reference it and you acknowledge that it's happening but you don't show it. Um, Zakio no Terror, which is a show about teenage terrorists I've talked about before on this podcast. You can go find it in the episode description on whatever you're using to listen to me right now. Is treats it in a different way. It is very much a reaction to the the, the alt right of Japan, basically. <laughs> I talk about this in the in the show, but it it is primarily about characters who are terrorists, and it shows the attacks, although it lessens the bloodletting to be zero. But it also like. It very clearly pulls from 
9-11 footage, all kinds of things. Um, and uh, just so you know, a lot of, especially after 9-11 and increasingly more after all kinds of different world events, media companies, not the creators of media, not the artists creating this stuff, but the companies putting it out into the world have made some really specific decisions about what they want to avoid showing because it's just, it, it hits too close. It's like, it's too fucking close. And probably the most well-known casualty of that is the Teddy Bear Bomber episode of Cowboy Bebop. And there's a section of you probably right now who are like, the, the teddy bear, what? What are you talking about? So, <laughs> I promise this has a point. <laughs> the teddy bear bomber episode of Cowboy Bebop, I forget what episode it is, but I think it's called Cowboy Andy, is the actual episode, but I'm not sure. And... It's, it's, it's this kind of zany, episodic, doesn't factor into the plot of Cowboy Bebop at all, episode where Spike and a rival bounty hunter named Cowboy Andy, who's a rich dude who just likes dressing up like a cowboy, um, I think that's go after the same bounty, and it's this guy called the Teddy Bear Bomber, and he basically drops explosive teddy bears, leaves them in a place inconspicuously, incons and everybody's like, oh, there's stuff there, and then it blows up. Teddy Bear Bomber blows up the World Trade Centers in that, in, in that episode. It just happens. Like, you can go look it up on YouTube, and you'll probably find it. And understandably, after 2001, Cartoon Network, along with a bunch of other people, were just like... Eh. Let's let's not. We don't need to show this episode right now. Like this is gonna set, this is gonna like trigger a lot of people into shaking fits in the night. That like we just don't need to deal with. So in that score, a television network did did the work of avoiding something for people, pre-avoided, if you will. But what I'm talking about is. Especially with Japan Sinks. I watched um, Tokyo Magnitude 8.0. And I've watched shows like... Um, De like Devil Survivor 2. Both of which are very much about the like collapse of Tokyo after some sort of disaster. In Devil Survivor, it's evil monsters being teleported in and destroying shit. In Tokyo Magnitude 8.0, it is a Magnitude 8 earthquake. And they are, like, harrowing, nightmarish scenarios where everything's broken, everything dangerous, and, like, everything's gone to shit. So, I saw a... I saw a... Um, that... Uh... Jeff, Jeff Sue, professional shift bag, um, over on Mother Bateman, did a video about Japan Think. I'm like, I don't even want to watch that video. Because I don't want to put myself in the headspace that that would put me in. Because 
this is a little aside about me. I have experienced so much of the world through the media I watch that because for a number of different factors, primarily because growing up as a person with a real, with not just a disability, but a real tangible bad in his past or life that is very visible on me as a person because I am physically disabled, lots of people, especially lots of kids and parents, reaction to that when you're growing up as in that scenario is you don't they don't want to interact because that's not that's a that's not a conversation you want to have with the kids b it's it's a terrifying thing it's a terrifying thing to see a child who most likely sh should not be alive and have to think about, and have to like, automatically have your brain just like, clicked into the scenario of thinking through how that child survived and what that functionally means. That's not an easy thing for people. That's why, um, there's a one-armed surfer, I forget her name, I think her name is Alex something actually, but they, I think the movie is called Soul Surfer, and it's about how she became... It's about the shark attack that took her arm. And her... And a little bit of her career after. And, and it's a pretty devastating movie. Um, a great... Actually, it involves surfing again. A great... Um, a great... Encapsulation of... Like... People not wanting to deal with other people's tragedy is um, a scene in um, in the Misaki Yuasa movie *Ride Your Wave*, when one of the main character's friends takes her aside and says, "Like, we know your boyfriend died, but we can't fucking do this. Like, you gotta get over it." And she just, she just can't. And that's not her fault, that's her, like, grieving process. But, like, it is hard for people to look tragedy in the face. Now, there's all kinds of, like, things that people avoid watching. Um, but it... It has to do with what headspace you want to put yourself in. Because whether, whether or not you realize it... When you want, when you consume media, when you see art, when you, when any of that happens, it affects you. That's why memes work so well. That's why they say never read the comment section of your own YouTube channel. Because as somebody who, I will tell you, read a comment that said, it sounds like he's gargling cum <laughs> as, as he makes this video, it, it sticks with you. It real does. E even if you don't realize it, it does. And if you're avoiding this, if you're if you are currently avoiding watching a show, if you're currently like, like, just like maybe, like, it's on your watch list and you keep staring at it and you're like maybe maybe next week. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe tomorrow. Then 
that's okay. I want to make sure that you understand that's fine. I, there's so there's so much. I, I, this year is an oddity because of COVID and because of delays involving COVID. It has changed a little bit, but there's so much media coming out all the time that and the churn and the current thing and the current and the currency of being current on what's coming out in the anime in anime fandom is so high that I it can be tempting to want to watch everything coming out all the time and like be like no I need to keep keep up with this 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 and this but it's not that's not important what's important is that you and that you enjoy the media you consume and you consume it in the way that you enjoy you know like I kind of blocked myself into watching anime more because I do this podcast. Now, granted, at the time I started doing this podcast, I had seen upwards of, like, 500 shows and films. So I had a base that I'm still drawing from that I can just, like, if I didn't watch anything that I want to talk about this week, that week, I can look at my... Kitsu account, which is the um, anime tracker I use, because I don't like my anime list. It's just never been great for me. Um, and I just pick something. I'm just like, oh, I did it this week. I picked Sarazanmai. I'm like, let me go through Sarazanmai. And I make sure that I like refresh myself on it and all that other stuff, but I have set up a scenario even though I'm talking about anime twice a week, I can still do it watch at my own pace and enjoy what I watch in my own ways. I and the last thing I want to leave you with is I came up with this video because I realized there was a sh- show, a specific show that I've never seen that I don't really have a desire to see that I've seen a lot of stuff that has come after it that's a, about the same thing and that's a show called Barefoot Gen. Barefoot Gen is a show is a, ma- a manga first, and then a show. A very, I think it was it put put to screen in like the. I'm not sure when, but I want to say the early '80s. But it is a account of surviving the Horoshima nuclear bomb drop by someone who did, by a manga artist who did. And it is, by all accounts, like, bone-chilling and incredibly sad. Now, I'm saying this as somebody who has watched Grave of the Fireflies multiple times, who has watched In This Corner of the World, which, honestly, only requires one viewing. Like, if you want to watch it more than once, good on you, but movie is heart-stabbing in, like, a real, like... Take Makoto Shinkai, Voices of a Distant Star, and, like, turn it up, like, past 11 to, like, 30. Um, that's how that movie feels. And this is also true of a lot of Makoto Shinkai work. Once you've seen one Makoto Shinkai work, with the except, with the notable exception of his last two films, because he figured, he figured out the, 
he figured out the Rubik's Cube of how to make a movie that's super popular, so he just does it now. Makoto Shinkai's previous work before that were all about unfulfilled romance, were all about un like connections that just barely didn't happen. And they are heart wrenching. So if you have a like passing thought that like oh, I wanna watch more Makoto Shinkai stuff and then you watch let's say five centimeters per second, I would not fault you for being like Maybe never again. Maybe just no. And I just wanted to make this episode because I thought that it was an interesting topic. Because it, like I said before, media affects us in all kinds of ways we don't realize. And if you're avoiding watching a show or if something in you like twitches when you watch a show part of the good thing about watching media is recognizing that recognizing that and recognizing that like if you watch Beckoff's Girls Line Asuka which is a dog shit show that I've watched all of because I hate my life <laughs> and you're just like hey if nothing bothers you in that show that's one thing like go see Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, one specific thing is like, what the fuck with that, wind, <laughs> wind that back, man, that's fucked, the way I did when I encountered the disabled character in that show, and my immediate reaction was, oh, fuck, they have transgressed in a way I can no longer, like, be okay about, and that inspired a whole new section of my Full Metal and Beyond Disability the Anime panel that I am not going to be doing at AnimeCon this year because public life is cancelled. But I just wanted to take a look at it. I will include links to the stuff I talked about in the description of this episode so you can go, like, look, look at the posters with your own eyes and read the descriptions and be like, eh, mm. No. And then think for a second about, like, why are you saying no? And maybe and maybe it's just, like, you don't want to be in that headspace right now, which is oftentimes, oftentimes for me. Something that happens to me. But maybe it's, like, my response to that... I forget which I could remember the character from Spec Ops. From Asuka, from Spec Ops Asuka, where it's, like... Uh, that's a new feeling. Let's sit with this and and remember this for next time it comes up because I have a feeling it will. And on that note, I've been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. If you liked this episode, you can subscribe to the podcast in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. You can also rate it in whatever you're listening to me right now with. And these episodes come out every third day and Sunday. Um, pretty much without fail. So far. I did lose power for two days, and that was... Like, I was on the line. I got power back Wednesday night. But, um... Yeah, so, subscribe to the show. And until Thursday...
I've been Alex, and I'll talk to you then.